Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. But we have been talking about God with us. And before we, we jump into 2020, I want to remind you that God with us is not just a Christmas theme. It's a life theme. That he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I don't want to be simplistic, but I want you to recognize that God is already walking into your tomorrows. He's already going ahead of you. The best thing for you is to keep step with him. Don't, don't lag behind. You know, don't, don't disobey him. Don't try to keep a, a distance between you and God. But just say, God, I want to be where you are. I want to follow your will, your way, your purpose in my life. We've been using Matthew 1.23 as our key verse. And it says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. Let's read the rest. And she'll give birth to a son, and they will call him, which means God is with us. Now, this phrase in the original language doesn't say that God is with us now, as in Bethlehem moment. It just means God is with us. So whenever you read and declare this, it's, it's a timely message. It doesn't know any time. God doesn't know time or space. He just wants all of us to understand and recognize that he's going to be with us no matter what comes our way. And I just want to declare one statement over your life. Everything Jesus endured was for you. Everything. Leaving his throne in glory to come to earth. Philippians 2 talks about that. Being born of a, of a virgin being raised up and being misunderstood, and of course, going to Calvary's cross for us and rising again from the dead for us, and of course, leaving and sending the Holy Spirit, the comforter to us. Everything Jesus endured was, was for you. And boy, how many times have we heard some preacher or evangelist stand up and say, if you were the only one, the Lord would have come to earth for you. The Lord would have died on a cross just for you. If you were the, the only one, and we've heard that, and we kind of go, yeah, that's that's preacher's shtick. You know, that's just stuff preachers say. No, it's true. You so deeply matter to God that if you were the only one, he would have given his life for you. And that should elevate the value that you have in your own heart, how God sees you. In this series, we talked about times in the valley, the dark place of life. And we may enjoy God on the mountaintops. We learn this together, but we get to know him intimately in the valley. We do. And then we talked about the fact that our, our deepest needs become a gift when they drive us to depend on God. Never despise anything that drives you to your knees. Never despise anything. I mean, we could, we could hate moments of life or, or be so discouraged about moments of life, but if it draws you closer to the Lord, just see it as a gift. And then God is with us in difficult times that blow out of nowhere. Now, how many of you received a tornado warning? I mean, I received it on my phone. I, I was home. I, I looked at Debbie and I said, uh, what do we do? Now, uh, her brother, my brother-in-law, they have this uh, thing in Oklahoma. It's called a tornado cellar. We, what do you do? Take shelter. Well, okay, okay. And some of you are going, tornado? Yeah, it was a warning. A tornado was coming. They saw this uh, 
spinning spout over the ocean, and actually it touched down in Ventura. Ventura Harbor, do you see it on the news? Oh, they made, it made national news. CNN, headline news, tornado touches down in Ventura. People on Twitter and Facebook, they were going nuts. Really? A tornado? Yeah, it landed in the harbor, it upset some kayaks, and it took a ticket booth from one of the harbor uh, you know, fishing boats that go out, uh, a ticket booth that just sat there, on, and it, it put it in the water. Woo! And all the cameras were focused on that. And, and people in the Midwest that really have tornadoes were saying, that's a tornado? <laughs> yeah, that's a tornado. No, that's not a tornado, you know. Yeah. But when storms come, rarely does your phone go off and give you a, an alert, right? The National Weather Service letting you know next week there's going to be a storm, emotional storm, a spiritual storm. Something's going to happen in your life. No, they just, they just hit us unannounced. It's a phone call. It's a text. It's a, it's a feeling. It's a depression. It's a discouragement. But here's what I want you to walk away with today. Never allow the presence of a storm to cause you to doubt the presence of God. And this can happen to us. Maybe in uh, 2019, something hits you. You just go, you know what? Where are you, God? There is no God. I heard about a young man uh, just this morning that was driving his car out Miguelito. And you know Miguelito has some of those big drop-offs. And he fell asleep out there. And yeah, and his car went over the edge. And the car's a mess. And he has one little, little scratch. Wow. Wow. Another girl this last week on Highway 1. I know her family. Her car rolled over. And, uh, and she's fine. You know what? Those kind of storms, those calls to the parents, your, your son, your daughter, been in an accident, they don't come with warning. They just happen. And oftentimes when they happen, what do we say? God, what's wrong with you? We, we can actually blame God. We can actually blame other people. But here's a storm, and I want to look at a storm in the Bible uh, you know, when I say storms, people are going, yeah, when Jesus was asleep in a boat, got it. Peter walked in water. Another time, the disciples were in a boat, and he said, peace be still. But, but I'm going to go to Acts chapter 27. If you want to go there, you can. You can turn there, Acts 2-7, or you can look at the words on the screen. It said that they passed ropes under the ship itself to hold it together. Now, it was some time ago that I used this as an illustration. It's called frapping, not frappuccino. It's called frapping. That was bad. But 8 o'clock said you deserved it. I said, was that a bad joke, Frappuccino? They said, yeah. Should I give it to 1045? So they're sending it forward to you. Yeah, yeah. So what they would do is they would actually dive down under the boat, and they would take ropes to hold the boat together. Now, if you look to the sides here in the wood up on the ceiling, this is actually shiplap. It was called shiplap before, uh, you know... Everything Magnolia and Fixer Upper, right? And Joanna Gaines, right? This is shiplap. It's got little laps and it, it, it's held together if it's done right, if it's tight. And they would take tar or pitch and they would put it in between the boards to keep the water from coming in. But if the storms were such that they would start to fall apart. So they would take ropes around the boat and they would hold them together tightly because they were afraid they would run aground on the sandbars where 
neither sun or stars appeared for many days, and the storm continued raging. We finally, what's it say at the end? We gave up all hope. You ever been there? This is a bad situation. It's not getting any better. It's a storm. We're taking on water. We're discouraged. We feel defeated. We're depressed, and we've given up our hope. Now, the next uh, statement I'm going to make is a paid political announcement. Get ready. Next week, we're starting a new series called Hope in the Dark. And uh, one of the words that I believe the Lord gave me for this next season of life, if not 2020, is just the word hope. Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Christ in us is the hope of glory. Uh, There's a hope that is alive in us by faith. And so we're going to talk about hope, but I'm recognizing that lots of people have lost their hope. Talking to a dear man not too long ago, he said, you know, I'm just done with God. I'm done with Jesus. I'm done with church. I'm done with Bible reading. I'm just done. I'm done. I'm not going to listen to any more Christian music. I'm done with the message. I'm done with K-Love, K-Life. K-Love doesn't love me at all. I thought, really? Now, some people theologically would say, well, did he ever know the Lord? And I don't know. But what I do know is this. He's decided to give up his hope in God. Why? Because of things that's happened to his life again and again and again. And he's blaming God. Well, we're going to see in this storm that God's not to blame. But sometimes we can still give up hope even when we're, we're to blame. Uh, Acts 27, 21, after they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them, and here's what he said. Men, you should have taken my advice. Now, now, now let me set this up. This is Paul saying, I told you so. You shouldn't have gone out in this kind of stormy weather. It's too risky for you. But don't you think there's a, 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 a guy on board that just wants to hit Paul upside the head? You ever had somebody come to you when you've made a bad decision? Told you so. Neener, 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 told you so. You know, what were you thinking? I gave you advice. This is what Paul said. I gave you advice that you should have taken not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. You should have listened to me. Now, Paul is spiritual. Don't get me wrong. He wrote the majority of the New Testament. Don't get me wrong. But right here, he's operating in the flesh. He's rubbing salt in the wound. You should have taken my advice. Hey, have you ever been in a storm because of a decision you made? Yep. You know, back in uh, the 50s, they started calling storms, 1954 to be exact, meteorologists started giving storms female names. And if it was a really bad storm, they would name it an ex-girlfriend or an ex-wife. And then in 1979, equal rights, they started naming storms with men's names. Hurricane Bernie, you know. Hurricane Bob. Hurricane Sam. But think about it for a moment. Here comes this storm. And if you want to write it down, it's a simple note. They they were in a storm because of a decision that they made. They made. Maybe you have a storm and you have a name for it. It's an emotional storm, financial storm, 
Maybe you bought things for Christmas with money you didn't have. The storm's coming. (laughs) Right? We usually buy things to impress people we don't like with money we don't have. But then here's the Apostle Paul in Acts 27, 22, and 23. It does get better. He says, but now I urge you to what? Keep up your courage. If I could speak a word to you, this would be my word to you. Keep up your courage. Keep up your strength in Christ. Keep up your your resolve to get to know the Lord more, to grow deeper and stronger in your faith, to to read the B-I-B-L-E, to worship God, not just in worship services, but to spend time and give God praise and thanks, even when you're all by yourself. To, to walk somewhere, to, to, to sit in a park, to sit in a car and raise your hands. Raise your hands in the car, but make sure your car's not, you're not driving your car, but raise your hands. And then it says this, be, be, because not one of you will be lost. What a promise. Everyone on the ship believes they're going to die. But now the word of the Lord comes through the Apostle Paul, and he says, only the ship will be destroyed, and we can replace ships, we can replace cars. But last night, what? What happened last night? Come on. An an angel of God. We don't think a lot about angels. We don't talk a lot about angels, but the Bible tells us that God has given angels charge over our lives. I kind of think that's cool. Wherever I walk, it's not every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings, but but God has already determined there are angels. It was uh, many years ago, and I'm about to tell you a story. It's very personal to me. I was uh, in our old sanctuary, and some of you old-timers would remember it. Most of you wouldn't even know we had an old sanctuary out here in the front. This was nothing but grass, and uh, there was an old trailer building here, and, and it was a swing set right here. I think it's kind of cool. So rather than you walking down my memory lane, let me get to the point. The point was, it was a dark time in my life, and, and spiritually, I, was, I, I felt like I was uh, depleted, and I was hearing whispers sometimes like, well, maybe you should just go to another city. Maybe you should... And then the phone rang, and, and the denomination was calling, and Hey, would you like to go to the Northwest? How would you like to go to Chicago? I went to Chicago. I mean, why would anybody want to go there? <laughs> and, and how about going back to L.A.? And how about, and how about, and how about, and how about? And you, and you start to hear these, these, these whispers. And I, I remember coming to the church one morning. No one was here yet. It was really early. And, and I knelt down in the old pews that we had, the old orange carpet. It was orange. And somebody had spilled bleach, so now that part was yellow. And anyway, and, and I, was, I, was, I was kneeling there, and I was just praying, just having a moment with God. And, uh, you know, pretty dark, dark time. Next morning, same thing. I was just in there praying, and, and all of a sudden, I, I felt this just darkness. I, he, he, I don't want to say like, you know, it was this, this spirit thing was in the room. I don't know what it was. It just felt like hell to me. And uh, I just thought, wow, Lord, what, what, what's going on? And I just, I prayed. And I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed. And all of a sudden, it was like there was just a lift. And uh, it was like the room got bright. And I know somebody going, woo doo 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 this guy's weird. 
But the room got bright, and I, I, I almost felt like that, that darkness leave me. And I remember standing up saying, yeah, that, that, that's right. You, you get out. Don't come back, you know, kind of thing. And I turned around, and I had this, this, this vision, this picture of myself, and I'd been a boxer in the ring. And I'd been, I'd been left jab and right cross, uppercut, you know. I, I'd been fighting, I'd been, I'd been fighting, I'd been fighting, and I'd been fighting. And, and uh, I, I, I felt pretty, pretty cool because now I felt like this thing had lifted from me. You, you ever pray and you, you have a breakthrough? You ever pray and your, your, your attitude starts to change? You, you ever pray like I said earlier in reading from Colossians, that the peace of Christ rules your heart, and all of a sudden, you can't explain it to anybody, can you? But there's, a, there's just a peace. It's going to be all right. And you look around, there's a storm out here, but you go in your heart of heart, it's going to be all right because, because Jesus is my King and my, and my Lord, and, and it's not just hype, it's, it's true hope. There's a peace in your heart, and, and I just remember turning around, and I saw this, 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 this bright light in my little vision. And I heard this whisper, and I would love to tell you that without doubt it was God. I believe it was God. You can take it however you want to believe it. But I had this whisper say to me, you, you thought that was you. <laughs> that sent the darkness fleeing. And, and it was almost like there was a wall of angels behind me, and they were laughing at me. I thought, how dare you? You, don't, you see what I just did? How dare you laugh? And they were laughing, and, and I heard this, this whisper, you, you think you're almighty and powerful, but the darkness didn't flee because you're so tough, and you're so buff, and you're so rough, or because you prayed the right amount of prayers. The darkness left because they saw heaven behind you. They saw the angels of the Lord behind you, and they were terrified. Now, listen, when you... When you declare Jesus' name in a situation, you're not just boldly saying his name. You're saying it and all of heaven is behind you. If you know Christ as your Savior and the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, when you go against a dark moment or a depressive moment or a discouraging moment, you're not going alone. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit are going with you. And all the angels of heaven. There's no one who wants you to succeed more in 2020 than Jesus. You've got plans for your life. Well, guess what he does too? Your best plan will be to get with his plan. I just thought I would save you some pain. Get with his plan and obey what he says. And connect Acts 27. Knowing that the angel of God. See, we, we reduce angels to places like Luke 2.10. How about Luke 2.10? It says this. It says that, that the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. And it's interesting to me, a lot of Christians will say, yeah, that's great. The angel of the Lord came to the shepherds. The angel of the Lord came to, came to Mary. Isn't that great? What a great Christmas story. And then what? Theologically, God took all his angels and said, that's it. You're reduced to Bethlehem and virgin births only. And the angels go, but, but, but we want to help humanity because they're lost. No, and God says, no, I'm going to give my angels charge over you. His angels have been working a long time. 
and they're working on your behalf. And they actually show up, the angel shows up to Paul the apostle and says, you tell people to keep up their courage. So let me just tell you what I know. Let's all keep up our courage. Let's not be discouraged. Let's not be traumatized in such a way that we can't move, we can't serve, or we look at the darkness in our world or in our community and we say, well, I guess we've been relegated to just a little corner somewhere and and we'll go to LFC on Sunday, or we'll watch online, and we'll just, that, 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 that's it. No, no, no. God wants us to be his light and his salt, his heart and his voice. And Paul says, an angel of the Lord stood beside me. See, never allow the presence of the storm to cause you to doubt the presence of God. Another place we find Paul the Apostle saying the same kind of thing is in 2 Timothy 4, 16 and 17. He said, everyone else deserted me. No one stood by me, but the Lord, what? Stood at my side and gave me strength. It's his presence that gives us strength. The Lord stood by my side and he gave me strength to do what he's called me to do. Psalm 16, verse 8 says, I know the Lord is is always with me. Boy, I pray that we would know this as we go into 2020. The Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he's just down the street. (laughs) He's just out on the highway somewhere. He's just up in the chaparral somewhere. He's just out at Surf Beach. No, no, he's right beside me. God is not so far as to be near. He's he's right with us. And this is the beauty of, of... of walking into this new year together, I don't have a clue what this new year holds. I have some ideas. I have some vision for our church, some things we're going to do we haven't done before. All that's great and wonderful. And it's not just a click of the calendar that makes this a new year. It's something God's wanting to do in our lives. And, and I'm, again, I'm not trying to pump you up, but I, I do have to tell you this. You have to embrace this, that God is with you and we are not to be shaken. A Christian friend of mine said, man, I just, I just have this fear about the future. Maybe you're there. So I said, oh, let, 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 me, let, me, let me go to my notes. And I gave him this verse. I said, forget anything I could tell you. How about I just tell you this? I know the Lord. Wouldn't it be great to just know? I know the Lord is always with me. That's what I want you to know. In such a way that we would not be shaken. For he's right Where? Right beside, why don't we say it? He is right beside me. Let's say it again. He is Pastor, you don't know my circumstance. Let me just tell tell you this. You you don't know the presence and the power of God when he's right beside you. It's such that darkness has to flee. It's such that discouragement and depression have to flee. Why? Because all of heaven's rooting for you. Yeah. And so when the, the, the enemy comes in and, and, and all the demons of hell are eating popcorn and, and watching you because they want you to fall, all the power of righteousness and heaven is behind you saying, we want you to succeed. What do you mean succeed? Does that mean I'm going to get a raise in 2020? I hope so, and I hope you don't forget to tithe. <laughs> you know what's better than a raise? You know what's better than weather that you like? You know what's better than people being nice to you? Knowing in your heart of hearts. And I hope, by the way, all that good stuff happens to you. 
but in your heart of hearts, that God's with you. Could you imagine walking into your tomorrows knowing that God is with me and I will not be shaken? Even if the earth shakes, even if the storms come, I'm not going to let the outside storm become an inside storm. See, peace is not the absence of a storm. It's not. Peace is the presence of Jesus. It's found in the presence of Jesus. So here's my advice to you for 2020. Get ready. Get to know him more. Get to make more room for him. Read the Bible more. You want to know a Bible plan? We've got them in the guest services room. They're free. Bible bookmarks. Read through the Bible. The same verses that many of us in the church are reading. You could read with us every day. Peace is found in the presence of Jesus. Lord, how do I get more of your presence into my life? Well, you spend more time with him. You spend more time thinking about him, meditating about him. You spend more time worshiping, giving him thanks. You, you, you spend more time in classes and small groups that will be coming up. You spend more time reading the Bible. You spend more time sharing your faith with somebody. Somebody asked me a couple weeks ago, what is the best way to share your faith with somebody? And I said, well, you just tell them Jesus died on the cross, rose again from the dead. They go, no, I can't do that. That's just too much. I said, what if you just started this way? Hey, 2020 is coming. How can I be praying for you? I'm going to tell you this. I've never had anyone tell me no when I've asked them if I can pray for them. And I've never had anyone tell me no when I've asked, what specific thing can I pray for? I wonder what that would do, the power of prayer. Next time you're at your favorite store, next time you're your favorite coffee place or your favorite ice cream shop or yogurt shop, or just say, hey, I know you're going to think this is odd. I've seen you many times in here before. You've actually taken my money. Uh, I'm keeping a list of people. You can get your, your phone if you have a smartphone. If not, just get a piece of paper. I'm keeping a list of people that I'm praying for in 2020. Could I put your name on that list? I just wonder what God would do with that. Well, you might go, gosh, I can't, that's, awfully, that's being awful forward. Well, not if you know that God's standing right beside you. Not if you know that all of heaven is positioned to save that person's soul, or if they're saved, to bless them in a greater way. And you get to be a part of that. Prayer is God granting you and me the privilege of being participants in the bringing the pass of his will and purpose. Let me say it again. I memorized it when I was a freshman in college. I never forgot it. Prayer is God granting you and me the blessed privilege of being participants in the bringing to pass of his will and purpose. Hey, Lord, I prayed it, and then I got to see it come to pass. Thank you, God, for letting me have a small piece as a participant in the bringing pass of your, your will and purpose. So back in Acts 27, verse 25. So keep up your, your courage, man. Now, now, ladies, don't get upset. There were just men on the boat. So let me read it this way. All you men, all you women, boys and girls, kids, keep up your courage, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he, he told me. What did the angels say? The boat might go down, but the people won't. That was a promise. Let me ask you a question. Has God ever made a promise to you? Whether you heard a whisper in your heart or you, you had an impression from the Lord or you were reading a scripture and all of a sudden that promise became yours? If God promised it, it will happen just as he told you. Well, I haven't seen it yet. Well, hold on. 
We don't know when it's coming, but it's coming. If God made a promise to you, that promise will be kept by God. See, faith is not in what I see. Faith is in what God says. Jesus, a few weeks ago we talked about him. The devil tempts him. All of hell is bent against him. And he just says, I don't live by bread. And I don't live by what you say. I live by every word that comes out of God's mouth. I hold on to that promise, and I, I believe in it. I want to read you a very, very, very common passage, but from the New Living Translation. It comes out of Psalm 23, verse 6, and it says, Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. So this is, this is David. You know, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He takes great care of me. Uh, he prepares a table before me when? Oh, in the presence of my enemies. In other words, the war's still going on. Watch this. The war's still going on out here. And he prepares a table before me. So the table implies communion, fellowship, and good barbecue. No, no, no. No, it's tamales, taquitos. But no, anyway, anyway, he, he, he says the war's going on. The enemies are still there. And the enemies are present, but so is God. In other words, the outside storm does not become an inside storm. I will not be so overwhelmed by what's happening out here that I can't stop and have a feast with my Lord in the presence of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil and my cup runneth over. And he's not talking about your, you know, your bank account. He's not talking about you know, your, your food pattern. He's talking about your soul, that God's blessing is so much that your cup is overflowing with the grace and the goodness of God in your life, even in the middle of the war zone. What's David implying here? He's saying, you know what? My life's going to be okay because right behind me is goodness and mercy. I don't know what you do when you're walking somewhere at night, but I'm always making I'm always making sure, because you know what? Our eyes aren't in the back of our head. And we have to have situational awareness. Hello. One of the things that we do is we, we, we watch what's behind me. But here's the picture that David gives us spiritually. There's nothing behind us to be afraid of. What's behind us? Goodness and, and mercy, which means we're not being, being, being chased by the dark. Goodness and mercy are behind us. God is in front of us. The angels have been given charge around us. And by the way, goodness and mercy are great to have uh, following you because they clean up your messes behind you. Or you did something not the best, or you made a bad decision, or you spoke a bad word to somebody, or you got frustrated and angry somewhere. You, uh, of course, asked for forgiveness and all that. But then goodness and mercy come and, 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 and clean up your, your messes. See, there's no... Difficulty, dilemma, defeat, or disaster. I had a bunch of D words I could have added more. In the life of a believer that can't ultimately turn toward his purpose. You know, Romans 8.28, right? Everybody knows it. He works all things together for good, but the truth is he does. And nothing will stop his purpose. Remember what Paul told those on the boat. The boat might go down, but we're not going down because God spoke it and we're going to trust in what he says to us. I'm going to press ahead to Psalm 46, 1 to 3. I want this to be the, the blessing for you uh, 
uh, in this new year. Good News Translation says it best. God is, by the way, why don't we read it with our best? He's almost done voice, okay? Let's read it. God is our shelter and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not be afraid. Let's say that again. We will not be afraid, even if the earth is shaken and the mountains fall into the ocean depths, even if the seas roar and rage and the hills are shaken by the violence. We will not be shaken. Paul was standing here. You know what he'd say? Listen, if God is with you, the boat may go down, the storms may rise, but you're not going down. Why? Because God's with you. If God is for us, who, who can be against us? God is our shelter and God is our strength. And I pray that over you for 2020. Each morning, the last few weeks, I've just been praying, God, if we could all grasp together that we have nothing to be afraid of. If we could all grasp together that we need to keep our courage and not be ashamed of the gospel. If we could all grasp together that we're going to raise our kids in the ways of the Lord and God's going to watch over them and protect them. And we're going to pray protection over their lives and we're going to bless them in the name of the Lord and we're going to teach them God's ways and we're going to model for them what it means to be a follower of Christ. And then we're going to pray really hard that in 2020, God uses each one of us to keep doing church as a team. You know, some of you are sitting on a bench. God bless you. We're glad you're on the bench. The bench needs to be warm. But it's so much better in the field when we're all serving together. And I love what I said earlier. It's not just the, the next generation, but the now generation. We've got young people up there running computers and cameras. And we've got young people helping in kids' ministries today and Kids United. We've We've got young people serving in our cafe, and I just think, all oh, that's so cool. And we've got older kids helping younger kids in classrooms, and, and then we've got old people that are saying, hey, you know what, I just don't want to be old and sit on the bench. I want to do stuff, and they're doing stuff. We've got people on our prayer team. We have people on our, uh, on our cleaning team. We can clean this entire campus by volunteers. I just think that's so cool. Somebody called today, we'd like to talk to your custodian. I said, which one? <laughs> we've got like 24. And they said, what? Man, well, how big is your campus? They were trying to sell cleaning supplies, by the way. And How big is your campus? I said, well, it's just, you know, like 20,000 square feet with all our buildings. And yeah. I said, we clean it with volunteers. You know how expensive it would be to hire a cleaning crew? I said, we take that money and we're able to put it in the mission because these people are great. And some of them are really good at vacuuming. I'm a good vacuumer, vacuumer. Is that a proper word, a vacuumer? I'm a good vacuumer, but man, there's some people that vacuum. They've got like anointed vacuuming. They just, it's so great, you know? It's so great. Now they got to clean up all the wax. Did I tell you about that? Anyway, anyway. And then I wonder how many people this year you're going to pray for because of the illustration earlier. How can I be praying for you? I wonder how many people will come to Christ this year. We had 14 people come to Jesus on Christmas Eve. They raised their candles high and said, yeah, isn't that great? You know? And uh, we, we baptized almost 80 people this last year in 2019 in water. And it, See, that's all the good stuff. That's the fun stuff, right? And it's really fun when they're your family members or your friends. This lady had been working on a friend of hers for five years. She's a, constantly just giving little seeds of hope 
and grace to come to Christ. And that day that her friend got baptized in water, she was like elevated off the ground. I think she was floating. Yeah. She's just like, wow. And after service, she said, Pastor Bernie, I got to be a part of that. Christ saved her. I didn't save her, but I got to be a part of that. Hey, I pray that you'll be a part of great things in 2020 as we live together, understanding that we have a place to go to the Lord. He's our shelter and our strength. Don't be afraid. Be encouraged. Christ is with us. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, guess what? It's going to be a lonely 2020. You get to walk into a brand new year without the Savior of the world, without the God of the universe. My prayer would be this morning, even as I close in prayer, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, that you would believe in Him. Yeah, he dies on a cross for you. He, he rises again from you. And why He's dying, while He's dying, He's forgiving your sins. And so I'm going to pray a little prayer as we close. And then if that's you today, you're giving your life to Christ, I'm going to encourage you to come down. We're going to have our prayer team on both sides here. They'd love to pray with you. And some of you just might want somebody to pray with you for 2020. Maybe you're facing some issues. Have somebody pray with you. Maybe you're dealing with some fear. Have somebody pray with you. Maybe you're dealing with some discouragement. Have somebody pray with you. And when they pray with you, remember, all of heaven is on your side. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.